Wherever you come from, we welcome you. Whomever you love, we welcome you. My name is Elaine Yaley Bowen. It is my privilege to serve as worship leader for today's service. I'm joined by worship associate Cal Fry, who I'm sort of blocking here, but he's behind me. Our director of religious education, Lily Rappaport, musicians Vanessa Vesely and Christy Anderson, and our vocalists, Sonis Parsons and friends. We are delighted to welcome you into this religious community. We come today longing and looking for blessing. In our loneliness, may we find the blessing of connection. In our doubt, may we feel the reassurance of a love that will not let us go. In the dullness of our senses, may the blessing of unexpected gifts be ours. In our fear, may the blessing of courage return. May this flame we now light remind us to look up and, look, and around one more time. May it help us notice the blessings that are always waiting for us when we need them the most. Please join me now in the spirit of prayer. Spirit of life and love, spirit of mystery and wonder, this world, our lives, surely this congregation, blessings abound. We need only to have our hearts and all our senses awake and alive to notice all that is around us. You are a blessing. May you take the blessing that is you and scatter blessings out into the world 
and we shall pretend it is glitter that goes everywhere and is never completely gone. And when the sun shines upon it, may it reflect back those blessings upon you. And it goes round and round. Blessed be, may it be so, and amen. So, do humanists do blessings? No. (laughs) Well, not exactly. Blessing. Words are important. Words are important to those of us who find ourselves in a religious community without many of the trappings of typical religious community members. And so how we speak of things does become rather important to us. So I looked up blessing in Wikipedia where I found that the modern English term bless likely comes from an old English bledsian or bletsian or something along those lines. And all of these terms mean to make sacred or holy by a sacrificial custom dating from the Anglo-Saxon pagan period. In other words, to mark with blood. Streaking one's door before the exodus from Egypt would be one form of such a bletsian. And in a similar manner, apparently all of my home improvement projects were blessings of sorts. In most religions, Abrahamic religions, Dharmic religions, the blessing is the gift that one receives from petitioning God or honoring the gods or honoring Buddha. It's a transaction. One honors or makes sacrifice and blessings are bestowed in return. Even in later times, as that strict sense of the term blessing was stretched a bit, to bless or a blessing still retains a bit of that sense of a benefit or a gift from God. So if there is no God, then how can there be a blessing? Can you receive a gift from no giver? If I give thanks, for the gifts that I have received from no giver, who am I thanking? But I'm still grateful. Let that be a paradox of of humanism, if you will. But it's still there. Now, we can probably ignore the polite Southerner's use of the phrase, bless your heart, to mean, I can't believe the nonsense I just heard coming from your mouth. Okay, I think that's a little bit out beyond where I want to go this morning. 
And then there is the other common use of blessing, which is replaced in some circles by a more practical term, Gesundheit, which appeared in English or in American usage about 100 years ago, came from our German immigrants, of whom there were many at about the turn of the century, uh, and it's used both to, as something to say after a sneeze and as a toast to one's health. It's not an accident that these same German immigrants founded so many brewing uh, industries at that time. But we often hear this from people who are avoiding the use of the term to bless you in similar situations. Now, why we would bless one noise coming from the human body and not others, I don't know. But um, perhaps it is that embarrassment about all things biological uh, that results in Gesundheit even becoming rather rare, rarely spoken in Germany, and somewhat rare here too. Although wishing you good health is something that I certainly do. And... This should be a good thing. Language is important, and language has been a problem in Unitarian Universalist circles. You know, from the definition, Unitarians believe in one God. And then, around that same time that all of those Germans were starting up breweries, a batch of Unitarian ministers and a couple of Universalists sat down and formed the first Humanist Manifesto. So then we say that Unitarians believe in, at most, one God. And then as we enlarge the tent to include more that were more or less compatible with our belief, the pagans came along and then we had to say that Unitarian Universalists believe in one God, more or less, probably not three. That's probably the last little remnant of that original, our, our origin myth that hangs with us. Now, some humanists among the UUs are here having rejected some other religion of their past. That's not an uncommon story, and there are frequently wounds and pains there that are sensitive, and the wrong language can raise those back up again. But that is not my history. I mean, I ran screaming away from the Methodists is a phrase that I don't think I've heard anyone ever actually say. There's not much to be terribly offended there, and certainly that was my evolution of, or the evolution of my theological thought was a much more gradual and continuous kind of thing than that. But here I am, trying to be a religious humanist, if there is some meaning to that phrase, and uh, Elaine continues to challenge me with religious language, and I'm enjoying the trip. We're having a good time doing this. This also comes from my very first SI back in 2000, where the theme speaker that year was William Singford, 
who was campaigning for president of the UUA at that time. And his message was on the language of reverence. And I wound up spending hours, late night, till two or three in the morning, talking with some of my newfound humanist friends who were absolutely aghast that anyone would suggest that we should use that kind of language anymore. And I was trying to, cut, to grasp both what Sinkford was saying and what these folks were saying about how this relationship and how this language comes together. So in worship, which is itself one of those dangerous words, I try to be careful with my language. And I am uncomfortable when we choose to come too close to the liturgy or ritual that belongs to some other religion. Communion is still a hard word for me. It's hard to do that without, while keeping the value, honoring the value of the other religion and yet honoring the value of the religions that we share within this room. And yes, that was a deliberate plural. I do not pray. I meditate, but I will not offer a prayer from this pulpit. That would not be honest. That would not be faithful with you. But I don't want to stop you if that is your practice. I'm also careful in assembling a religious service what sort of language I ask you to speak for fear that I don't want to put false words in your mouth either. For if there is anything that we are doing together, it is honesty. And that's one approach that I have to that. I do think that there's enough room in the way we use the word blessing in society today for me to claim a bit of it in a humanist sense. We ask each other for blessings all the time, seeking approval or best wishes. And in that sense, we all can participate and we indeed, we all can be grateful for the blessings that we've received even if we can't identify all right, or choose not to identify the source from whom those blessings may have been obtained. So in the spirit of Unitarians being measured more by our deeds than by our creed, may you be a blessing and in turn be blessed. Our reading this morning is the Beatitudes. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. 
Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets before you. The cover of this month's Soul Matters Worship Resource Packet asks the question of Unitarian Universalists. What does it mean to be a people of blessing? As with all questions of life's meaning and of our spiritual or religious beliefs, there are many answers. There is not just one answer. There is not one truth. There is not the word. Each person in this gathering this morning has an understanding or at least an opinion about blessing and what it means to be blessed. From a young age, many of us were taught, and in my Germanic family, it was Gesundheit, but we're taught to respond to a person who sneezes with an automatic, God bless you. As we know from our understanding of language, of religion and language of reverence, this can be slightly problematic depending upon the receiver's understanding or definition of God. The intent, however, is understood that the blesser wishes the sneezer well. May you not be getting ill. May I not be receiving your germs. May you feel better after your sneeze. My personal response to sneezers is a warm and heartfelt blessings. You may define that as you will. Blessing and being blessed are a bit of grace offered and received often when most unexpected. Some blessings, expected ones, may be a mealtime grace where we are expressing our thanks for the growers and preparers of our food, perhaps also hoping no one chokes during the meal. There is the post-sneeze response. There may be invocations prior to a solemn event or a celebratory blessing at a child dedication or a marriage. Perhaps even more important than those spoken words are the ordinary, often silent, everyday blessings. In her writing, The Power of Blessing, Rachel Naomi Remen offers this reflection. We bless the life around us far more than we realize. 
Many simple, ordinary things that we do can affect those around us in profound ways. There is the unexpected phone call, the brief touch, the willingness to listen generously, the warm smile or the wink of recognition. We can even bless total strangers and be blessed by them. Big messages come in small packages. All it may take to restore someone's trust in life may be the return of a lost earring or a dropped glove. A woman once told me she did not feel the need to reach out to those around her because she prayed every day. Surely this was enough. But a prayer is about our relationship with God, or if you will, the divine. A blessing is about our relationship to the spark of God in one another. God may not need our attention as badly as the person right next to us on the bus or behind us in the line at the supermarket. Everyone in the world matters, and so do their blessings. When we bless others, we offer them refuge from an indifferent world. We offer them refuge from an indifferent world. How beautiful a gift is this? Henri Nouwen answers that question for us when he reminds us that to give someone a blessing is the most significant affirmation we can offer. It is more than a word of praise or appreciation. It is more than pointing out someone's talents or good deeds. It is more than putting someone in the light. To give blessing is to affirm, to say yes to a person's belovedness. To say yes to your belovedness and to receive offered blessing with grace, one needs to recognize and rejoice in blessing. A poem by the Reverend Peter Friedrichs expresses this eloquently in sense of blessing. I know what a blessing looks like, and I am not talking about a picture of the Pope placing his cupped hands on a child's head. It looks like the midnight delivery of a stunned and wild-eyed Indian orphan to her adoptive parents at the baggage claim carousel Terminal E of Logan Airport, and a full moon rising over Mount Katahdin on an autumn night so clear and cold it makes your teeth ache. I know what a blessing smells like, too. 
the head of your month-old niece thrust into your arms by your dead, tired sister who wants nothing more than a few hours of uninterrupted sleep. It is the aroma of fresh-baked bread that catches you off guard as you walk past a bakery, head bowed against the cold and grief on your way to your grandmother's funeral. A blessing tastes like the cherry popsicles you used to split with your dad on the front stoop just before bedtime in summer when the light was soft and the pavement still hot under your toes. The deafening roar of water cascading into an ethican gorge is the sound a blessing makes and to the silence of pre-dawn forest when the insects have gone to ground and the birds have yet to begin to bid the morning welcome. And I know, thank God I know how a blessing feels like walking out of the shadow of a skyscraper or your own fear and feeling the sun on your face for the first time in forever and waking up every morning next to the person who saved your life. I have read and reread and read yet again this poem and it has made me reflect upon the blessings in and of my life. Blessing looks like the first daffodil of spring. Blessing tastes like a scoop of coffee ice cream shared with my sister. Blessing sounds like the breath of my children as they sleep. Blessing smells like salty sea air of the Atlantic Ocean. Blessing feels like the softness of my cat's fur. It feels like the hug of a friend when I need it most. It feels like the love in this holy place. The gratitude I feel for these gifts fills my heart with joy. 18 years ago, after the death of a very dear friend, I received a card from a coworker and acquaintance who offered his condolences for our joint loss. He signed it with his name, Jeff, and above his name there were these words, the first time I had ever heard them. May the blessings be. Blessings have been abundant in my life. My prayer is that it be so for you.
Amen and namaste. When we pass the offering plate, we need to be sensitive to the fact that everyone is on the same level, really. And we all know the old thrill of a financial increase and the old despair of a shortfall. Just as each person knows it, so does the congregation. We can acknowledge that we are human and that we have all the feelings that go with that. Let us give and receive our offering each Sunday in the light of the reality that every penny more that you give brings that old thrill to the treasurer and to the entire membership of your beloved faith community. Your offering will now be greatly received. that are born to you of gratitude and of hope. May you use those gifts that you have received and pass on the love that has been given to you. May you be contented knowing that you indeed are a child of the universe. May this presence settle in your bones and allow your soul the freedom to sing and dance and praise and love. Go and be blessed and be a blessing. Amen. <laughs>